You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Not everyone had it easy growing up. Many of us were forced to make our own way due to any number of hardships. Carl knew that better than most. He grew up in Germany, and his father had a certain kind of idea about how men should behave. He told Carl's mother not to coddle him. His boy had to make his own way, forge his own path, like he had done. So Carl learned early on that he had to be self-sufficient in order to get what he wanted or needed. By the age of two, he had learned to feed himself. By 10, his interest in music had led him to take up the violin, and with no one around to teach him, Carl taught himself instead. He got pretty good, too. So good, in fact, that when he turned 16, his parents sent him to a music conservatory to continue his education. Carl studied with some of the finest teachers in Germany for several years. After he graduated, he used his talents to take him far beyond what even he believed possible. Before he was old enough to drink, he was playing with international orchestras in sold-out concert halls. His skills were so renowned, he was invited to perform before the famous composer Johann Strauss in Vienna. He developed a little trick previously unseen during near-average concerts. Whenever he'd break a string, Carl would change it in the middle of the show while the rest of the band played on. Then he'd rejoin the group and continue the performance. But he didn't do it backstage or off to the side. He made it part of the act. It got so popular that he started using a weakened string in his shows just so he would be forced to demonstrate his ability each time he played. And his talents weren't limited to just music or impromptu violin repairs. It's hard to imagine how someone might learn to shoot at a music conservatory, but Carl also managed to become an ace marksman. He was so good at it that he was said to shoot the spots off of playing cards. Of course, word about it spread, and the public wanted to see this new skill with their own eyes. So Carl added it to his repertoire. Anything to keep the people in their seats, right? Throughout his career, he shared his gifts with audiences all over the world. Carl even took his unique brand of music and marksmanship to America, where he eventually settled with his wife and gained citizenship. Carl had lived the kind of life most men only dream of, becoming a celebrity both at home and abroad. But when his later years were upended by the First World War, he saw a bigger calling for himself. He wanted to help the veterans returning from battle, specifically those who had lost limbs. To do this, he wrote and illustrated a guidebook for them. 
It took him less than a month to finish, and it taught recent amputees how to use their feet for things they used to do with their hands. I know, it sounds strange for a master violinist, a man who could change a broken string in the middle of a performance, or shoot a playing card, to write a book about using one's feet to perform everyday tasks. Well, as the old saying goes, you have to write what you know, and Carl knew all about doing things with his feet. From shuffling cards, to smoking cigarettes, to writing his autobiography, Carl was a phenom with his feet. That's because he had no choice. Carl Unthen had been born without hands. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Its wooden frame is unmistakable. The leather straps, worn and cracked, waiting to envelop a new guest. And the helmet. Once fastened to the head, it's capable of delivering 2,000 volts straight through the body. They took something as simple as a chair, a place of rest, and transformed it into an instrument of death. 
Little did Ben Franklin know when he first collected that bolt of lightning on a stormy night in 1752 that his discovery would be used to power the ultimate method of justice for over 130 years. The electric chair was designed as a more humane form of execution back in the late 1800s. A dentist, yes, a dentist, had heard about a man who had died instantly after grabbing onto the high-voltage wires of a large electric generator. The dentist saw a way to use this electricity to do more than just power lights around town. It could be used to ensure a quick and painless end for death row inmates everywhere, especially after a recent series of botched hangings had landed in the newspapers. The governor of New York established a commission to seek an alternative method, consisting of three members, a human rights advocate, a lawyer, and that dentist. The commission sought advice from experts such as Thomas Edison on how best to harness electricity as a means of execution, because justice was meant to be swift, but not cruel. There's that word again. Justice. I guess it's apt. The first electric chair went into use in 1890, and ten years after its introduction, Charles Justice, an inmate at the Ohio State Penitentiary, came up with an idea. While serving his sentence, he'd been given a job of cleaning up the room where the electric chair was housed, the death chamber, as it was called. It was during one of his rounds when he noticed something about the chair, the restraints. They weren't strong enough to keep a man from shaking all over as the electricity coursed through him. This constant movement resulted in burned flesh, which offended witnesses and went against the whole more humane thing they'd been aiming for. Charles worked with prison officials to enhance the restraints. I mean, why not? He would have done anything to reduce his own sentence, and he certainly had the technical knowledge to make those changes. Instead of leather straps, he created metal clamps that fit over the prisoners' wrists and ankles, designed to reduce movement and the risk of burned skin. The results worked wonders for the prisoners, the witnesses, and Charles. When the time came for his parole hearing, he had no problem convincing the board he was ready for a second chance. After all, he'd been instrumental in making their executions more efficient and humane, just as they'd intended. It's unclear how Charles spent his newfound freedom. Whether he traveled the world or sought a job as an engineer, we'll never know. Though I can hazard a guess that whatever he did, it was far from legal. That's because 10 years after he was released, Charles Justice found himself right where he'd started. He'd been convicted of murder and sent back into his old stomping ground, Ohio State Penitentiary. There was only one difference now. He would never be eligible for parole. He would never sleep in his own bed or drink a beer or do anything again that a free man might enjoy. He was the latest addition to Ohio State Penitentiary's death row, and on November 9th of 1911, Charles Justice was strapped into the same chair he'd helped improve a decade earlier. He got to feel firsthand the metal restraints around his wrists and ankles, albeit only for a few moments. Seconds later, Charles' life came full circle. Justice, as they say, had been served. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.